This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Hey there, Profiteers. Eric here, and we're going to do something a little different today. This last week has been probably the craziest week of my life, and uh, we're not going to do an interview today. I just want to tell you the story of, of what I've been going through. It has been very abnormal, uh, but uh, some good, some bad. Let's just dive in. So as many of you know, I live in Ventura, California, and if you have watched any national news channel in the last week, you know that Southern California is on fire, and the biggest fire um, was around the area of Ventura. It actually started about 10 miles from where I live on Monday evening, and we heard about that fire. We read about it online before we went to bed. It started near Santa Paula, in between Santa Paula and Ojai. If you pull up a map, you'll you'll be able to see where it was along Highway 150. And when we went to sleep, it wasn't that big. We know there's lots of fires in California anyway. Um, it was windy, but we weren't all that concerned that, that it was going to be anything that would affect us. So it turned out that that concern was, um, it should have been there. At 12, we went to bed about 10 o'clock p.m. on Monday night. We you know, watched Netflix. We uh, put our daughter to bed. She was actually um, you know, sleeping in her own bed, which was nice. <laughs> if you have a two-year-old or if you've ever had a two-year-old, sometimes you know they want to come up and cuddle with you. But you know it was a normal, regular night. And at 12.30 a.m., we were woken up by loud knocking on our front door. And it turned out it was our neighbor who lived straight across the street. I'm actually looking out my office window at his house right now. And um, he, his name's Rob. He woke me up and I didn't know what was going on. But when I got to the door, he said, you know, I don't know if you know about this fire, but this might be one where we have to go. So I ran back to my room and grabbed my robe and walked outside. And when I turned from my driveway and looked up the hill, to, there's hills just north of my house. There's, there's, or there was this beautiful park there called Arroyo Verde Park. Um, a beautiful neighborhood that sits next to it called Skyline, and it was all on fire, about two blocks from my house. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was a blazing inferno. You could see flames jumping 30, 40, 50 feet into the air, and it was just one of those moments I will never forget in my entire life. And I took some videos, I got some some Instagrams and Twitters, I got pictures out there, so I check out the links on social media. I'll have a link to an article I wrote all about what happened in the show notes um, that, that summarizes this with videos, so you can check it all out. But uh, it was about 1 a.m., we decided we should pack up our most important and not replaceable items and valuables. I've thought before in my life, what would I do if there were a fire and I just had to grab things and ram? Uh, I, I never thought that would actually happen, but it did uh, a Tuesday morning at 1 a.m. So I grabbed, I have a box that has our passports and some extra credit cards. I grabbed financial documents, you know, being the, the finance guy I am. Uh, we grabbed laptops, hard drives, family photos. Uh, I grabbed my Boy Scout shirt, my trumpet that was my dad's before mine. It's funny the things you think to grab, my coin collection, my stamp collection, things that couldn't be replaced my Boy Scout shirt that had my Eagle Scout patch on it. And uh, the last thing I grabbed before going out the door is my ketubah, uh, which is a, a big, beautiful art piece that's a framed marriage contract that my wife and I signed uh, just minutes before we got married. So 
we packed up the cars and we waited. And it was actually because we live in a pretty small city, there was no news coverage at all of what was going on. And we weren't getting even anything much from the city. I know they were probably overwhelmed just trying to deal with this. The fire was growing at one point at 1.6 acres per second or you know, a football field a minute as it was uh, being blown. There were 40 to 70 mile an hour gusts blowing right towards our house from where this fire was. And uh, when I went out, I kept going outside periodically and the winds were blowing west, which is towards the ocean. So the smoke wasn't coming towards us, but we could see the flames. We could see the smoke. And um, I actually had a friend, our power went out and our internet went out, our cell phones, you know, there, there wasn't any much of anything going, but I could get um, old school text messages through. And I texted a friend across town who did have power and internet still, and he gave me some updates on what was going on. And finally, our internet came back on. Um, the power was still out, but I had my phone so I could, I could still connect, you know, the towers were on and off. The whole city's power was on and off. There were points the water wasn't even working. But I um, was following this account called VC Scanner on Twitter, uh, who was just a guy listening to the police and fire scanners telling us what was happening. So that was the best way I was getting up-to-the-minute coverage of if this fire was going to engulf my house. And at uh, four, about 4.15 in the morning, I, I was actually talking to my parents in Denver and talking to my wife. We decided it was time to go. Uh, because the flames were just too close at that point. And we were far less than two miles from the fire. And with the winds we were having, embers could have traveled up to two miles. So we were you know, we were two blocks away. There were sirens. We, it was like a movie. It was like a war zone. And at 4.30, we uh, pulled out. And at that time, our evacuation order went in as a mandatory evacuation because the winds had shifted into our neighborhood. So uh, it was like a smoky, hazy feel in the air. It smelled like a crisp campfire that actually my throat is still burning a little bit from just the dryness and the smoke in the air we've been dealing with for for the last few days. I'm recording this on Saturday morning back at home, <laughs> just so you know, so I'll tell you how I got back here. But uh, it's still scary. We're still not out of the woods yet. There are still fires going. It is still windy out. But at 4.30, with that smoke in the air... It was dark. It Police started driving through the neighborhood, alternating their sirens and saying on a megaphone, mandatory evacuation, leave now. And as we were jumping in the car, looking down the block, you know, it, w- it was crazy. All of our neighbors were doing the same thing. You know, no one's ever out at 4.30 in the morning here. We live in a very quiet, a very nice neighborhood. And you know, people were jumping in their cars, throwing their kids and their pets in their cars, just like we were, and, and peeling away. I sent my wife off and did one last check through the house and locked up before I followed her to her parents' house in Carpinteria. That's about 25 minutes away. And they were outside of the fire zone. So we safely got to their house about 5 a.m. and hung out there for a few hours, just decompressed a little because of what was going on. You know, we were, it had rained ash on our cars. It was like, a, it felt like, you know, a volcano could have been going off or something like in the movie Dante's Peak. So for a shred of normalcy, we went to a restaurant called Jack's Bistro in Carpinteria for breakfast, uh, just had bagels and things. And while we were there, the power went out like, three times. So even though we were 25 minutes away from where the fire was at our city, 
it was affecting everybody. Power went on and off from Santa Barbara, which is about an hour north of us, all the way down through, I think they said Camarillo or maybe Thousand Oaks, which is about 30 to 45 minutes south of us. So huge swath of land had no power for a while. And the power eventually did come back on. It kept flickering on and off, at, both at our house before we left and after, it sounds like. Uh, at one point, the power went out so badly that the water pumps went out and we were on a boil alert until this morning. So when we got home last night late, when they lifted the evacuation for our neighborhood, we couldn't drink the water uh, without boiling it. So we have you know cases of bottled water. Uh, now we are able to drink the water. So we're going to give those cases to some friends and people who need it more than us. So even though we we'll still have to get rid of a bunch of things in our fridge and freezer from when the power was out. So we're overall okay. But we spent that day up in Carpinteria. I tried to do a little bit of work. I you know, wrote a couple articles, did some cleanup on some things. And at 8 o'clock, we crawled into bed. Uh, we actually pulled my laptop out and put it on our laps. We put on the movie The Water Boy just to distract us. You know, It's a fun, lighthearted movie, old Adam Sandler movie. Figure, hey, if I watch 30 minutes of it and fall asleep, that'd be great. Uh, I didn't get to watch 30 minutes of it because my wife, who was 39 weeks pregnant, went into labor at 8 p.m. that Tuesday night. So you know, less than 24 hours after we were evacuated from our house, my wife is in labor. And we called our doctor and he said to come back to Ventura, to the hospital here. So we did. And that was the most harrowing drive of my entire life. There were flames on both sides of the car at one point as we were speeding down 101 towards this hospital. And if you are a dad... Uh, you know what it's like driving your pregnant wife who's in labor to the hospital. Imagine doing that in an inferno. Uh, that's what I was doing. We, we, my wife actually had a video of it. <laughs> she was in labor because uh, I, you know, I was driving. I couldn't couldn't take out my phone. Uh, we were on the way to the hospital, so we did make it to the hospital. It was all smoky when we got back to Ventura. Uh, we got in. You know, the emergency room was filled with smoke. Everyone in the hospital was wearing masks to keep the ash and an acrid smoke smell out of their lungs. And we went up to the second floor where the labor and delivery is. Uh, again, the hallway smelled like smoke, but thankfully in the actual labor and delivery room, uh, it was pretty well sealed off and we did not have that thick smoke. And we were there until um, you know 6.36 a.m. That was when my new little girl emerged and was born. Mila joined us and uh, she's our little fire baby, but we are just so thrilled to have her and so excited. She is happy and healthy, I guess as happy as a two, three-day-old baby can be. Uh, but she was healthy and mom was healthy, so everything went excellent and perfect with the labor and delivery uh, outside of what was going on around us. I mean, we could see the smoke and the flames from the window of the labor and delivery room where our daughter was born, so it was Definitely not a normal situation, but for us, it was um, the most important thing at that moment to focus on our little girl. So she came out and joined us, and um, we were just so happy about that. Uh, but that night, or so that day, the way our hospital works here, they moved us up to a postpartum floor that was higher up, and there it did smell like smoke, even in some of the rooms. So they actually had engineers go through and put duct tape around the frames of all 500 windows in the entire hospital just to try to seal it a little better. 
and that did help quite a bit because we were you know in a smoke storm from this fire that was raging you know a mile away if that and this fire ultimately so far i've heard has taken well over 400 homes uh you know some from from just feet away from our house when i when i was finally able to return home even though we were still under a mandatory evacuation i we needed diapers we needed clothes for our new baby so i had to come home and get them um and when i came home i found six of my neighbors homes within a block of me burned to the ground there's nothing left other than you know, a brick chimney uh one of the houses you could see the burned out remains of the frame of a refrigerator when I saw a washing machine and dryer, uh, there was a car that was burned down to about nothing. Uh, you just see that steel frame there. And you know, I didn't have time to you know stay and help anybody. I had to get back to the hospital. So we did get back to the hospital. And you know the, the winds were still going. The flames were still going. And we just tried to keep as calm and normal as possible. And you know, my parents flew in from Denver and got to see our little girl when she was, I think, nine or ten hours old, they made it here. Um, the grandparents, uh, my wife's parents, and our daughter came down from Carpinteria uh, when the highway was open, which it did close and open again several times between us and there. And everyone got to be with our new daughter, and our family was together, and that was just you know, the nicest thing. Um, that was That was one of the highest points of this whole last week, was having our family together with our little girl. And we... Tried to get some sleep that night. You know, you don't sleep that much when you're you have a you know hours old or day old baby. Uh, but uh, we we did try to get a little sleep. But at two thirty in the morning that night, uh, there were alerts that came through on our phones, and the fire had shifted and was going to Carpinteria now, where our daughter and all four of you know our parents were there, our dogs were there, my car with half of our most important possessions was sitting in our in laws' driveway. And I was freaking out that the fire was going to go there and you know take my car and all of those valuables. I knew my family would be able to get out and be safe, but I was worried about their houses. We just didn't know what was going to happen next. And after seeing houses burned down in my neighborhood, I was not taking this threat lightly. And it turned out everything was okay on that side of Carpinteria. It was very smoky for multiple days. It might still be, but our our home and our or my in-laws' home and our possessions, everything was fine on that front. Everyone was safe. So you know, safety was the most important thing for, for any of us to think about during this, uh, more than stuff. But you still worry about your stuff, uh, even though it's easy to say ex experiences matter more than stuff when it's your family photos and your family's history. That That is more than just stuff. You know, that that's memories. There's a lot of sentiment in that. But again, everything we had was fine. We did end up getting out of the hospital that next day and spent that night at my in-law's house back up in Carpinteria. We could not go outside. It was raining ash. It was very thick smoke right up until we left. And we came back on Friday evening. We did the drive back and the air actually got worse as we got in closer to Ventura because uh, there was a new fire uh, in the same fire area that had started and the winds were blowing towards us. So uh, we came home, even though the smoke was heavy, right as the evacuation order was lifted. We actually got home about five minutes before they technically said we could be home. But all of our neighbors had already been homes and, and they kind of gave us the green light that we were safe to come home. We got home. 
our our property is fine. It looks like a hurricane had come through. Our probably 50-pound metal table had blown across the backyard along with other things. So uh, no, no serious damage. We're fine, but it will be some cleanup. The closest fire damage to my house is our next-door neighbor's fence caught fire less than 100 feet, maybe 75 feet from the side of our house. So it was a very, very close call. The closest house that burned down completely is three houses away from us. We we really got lucky. And Ventura is a city of about 130,000 people. So we really know a lot of our neighbors. We really get to know people in our community. Uh, crossing town with, with rush hour traffic takes you know, more than 15 minutes. So it's the kind of city where everybody knows somebody who lost a home or was seriously affected. And it was incredible the support we received when we were having our baby while evacuated. Uh, you know, friends and family were reaching out. We got calls and messages from our rabbis, from you know, local community members. Um, we There was going to be a meal train starting next week. You know, a meal train is where uh, families all deliver meals for us, which they were planning on anyway because we were having the baby. Um, this group of women that my wife is in from a mom's group with, with toddlers and young kids, um, they pushed up the delivery schedule a week so they can actually start bringing us meals quicker because you know, we were on a boil until this morning and a lot of our food's bad. So I never thought I was going to be the one happy to be getting help from people. And I'm, I, I feel really lucky and fortunate that people you know, have reached out so much and are trying to help us and be so supportive. I'm almost tearing up a little thinking about it. It's... um. It means a lot, and thank you, everyone, if you're listening. Everyone who's sent me great, you know, supportive messages on Facebook and Twitter, and and it's called and text. It's been, it's been really touching and helpful. And you know, now we're just happy to be home and safe. Now a family of four, and we brought our two dogs home, and me and my wife and our two-year-old, and now our, she was born on the sixth, so now she's a three-day-old baby. And, and we're home and we can't go outside. It still does smell like smoke outside, though. Uh, the skies have turned a bit bluer. Uh, it's still windy um, and we're still at risk and it still smells like a campfire when we go outside. So we're not all clear yet, but we're home and we're safe. And for now, we think everything is going to be OK with us. Now, this fire is, has been over 100,000 acres. It has ravaged multiple cities uh, the town of Ojai, which is not far from us, it's a beautiful city. It's very, uh, I'd say it's kind of a, a hippie town. It's very holistic. And, and there's, you know, four yoga studios on every block. It's it's natural grocers, that kind of stuff. Um, that city sounds like there's not much left of. And that was the place where there was one fire fatality. So as a region, we are so lucky that this fire didn't kill a ton of people. It sounds like some people did lose pets, which is heartbreaking, but um, there was only this one death directly from the fire and one death right as it started from a traffic accident. It sounded like the smoke was so thick they couldn't see and they had an accident and someone was killed there. So as far as I know, there were two fatalities from this fire, but outside of that, everybody is okay. It's just stuff and uh, people's homes that are lost. So we will rebuild. It's a 
you know, it's a wonderful city and a wonderful neighborhood. We will hope to do everything we can to help those neighbors. Um, and we can see their, their homes when we stand in our driveway. These are very close to home. And uh, we just want to try to help people as much as we can to you know pass on all that goodwill from people who helped us. And uh, it just, this whole experience has made me sit back and really take stock of what is most important to us. And then at the same time, <laughs> we had a baby. So um, even in all the bad, there was definitely a bright shining light that came through in our, our little Mila. So that's the story. Uh, I'm hoping to get back to a more regular work schedule this week on Monday. So that will be yesterday when this post goes, or this uh, podcast goes live. Um, you know, thank you everybody for listening as always, you know, all, all that stuff with iTunes and whatnot. But, um, you know, just, just thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of the personal profitability community. And thanks to all of you who have reached out and been supportive. It, it really did mean the world to me and my wife and our family and we are happy to be safe and sound back home in Ventura. Uh, will you, I'm planning as of now to get back to a regular schedule next week. But thank you for listening to this special episode of the Personal Profitability Podcast. Until next time, stay profitable. Bye-bye.